0: It's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Woo
1: Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Woo Hoops trades the pursuit of me
2: for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 4.8 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Westland. On our next two episodes, the conversation about finding an identity of three will continue. We will hear about the challenges of identity after success and failure. In today's episode, you'll hear about the team experiencing a big win on the road. Evan Maxwell and Michael Zidney will join in the first half to talk about the team's win without Kyle Mangus at Mount Vernon. Coach Tonegal will join the second half to talk about the challenges of leading toward true identity after success, and how he approaches the locker room after a big win. We're joined now by Evan Maxwell and Michael Zitney, and we're going to a point in the season, it was the first top 10 matchup in conference, and and our conference is loaded this year, so we played a lot of high-level games, but we are going on the road to play Mount Vernon, who ended up being an elite team. We faced him in the conference championship game in the tournament. Uh, but this was the first true road conference test. We were ranked number one. They were ranked number six. And we found out Kyle Mangus wasn't going to be playing in the game. So, Evan, why don't you take us inside your mind and the team's mind when we found out Kyle wasn't going to be a
3: part? Uh, well, just in general, as you said, like it was a big game. So regardless of Kyle being out, I think we were all mentally preparing for it. Um, we knew it was a serious thing. But then that morning, I remember – it was kind of, we got kind of blindsided. I had no clue that there was even consideration of him not playing. I didn't know that anything was going on. So speaking for myself, it was definitely a shock. It was like, oh, not expecting. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well now we have to do something about it. Cause it's not like Kyle's not playing. We're not going to go anymore. It's like, <laughs> we have to do something about it. Um, so I know in my mind, there was definitely a shift of what I had to bring to the game. Either way, like I said, I was serious about it, but it was almost like that extra pressure was applied. And then one other thing I specifically remember is Seth, obviously he's um, the backup center and we work a lot together in practice and he's obviously my brother. And so him filling that starting spot was big for us. I mean, there's emotions involved because it's like, well, this is our first start together. But then it's also, we don't want emotions to get in the way of getting the job done. So intentionality and and encouraging him, like my role um, added that to it because now that he's starting alongside of me, he's guarding an all-league player and Brett Vipperman. Um, so I just remember those two specifically uh, or us two specifically having our roles have to switch a little bit and take up another uh, another notch of responsibility.
2: And I do remember this sense where the team almost got on edge because we knew Kyle's not playing we better go to another level and I remember coach Osborne's scout and he gave a little speech pregame with the pencils and breaking them and it was a powerful reminder and we went on to the core unified without Kyle. It almost was a rallying cry. But then something happened with you in that game where you just went to another level. Uh, What do you remember
3: about going into the game specifically and what happened as it it unfolded? Uh, Well, kind of like you said, us being on edge a little bit. um, I think just it's natural in a situation like that um, regarding like the circumstances and everything to feel a little bit of fear or fear to creep in a little bit. Um, and so, obviously, this program is founded on fearlessness, and that's what's taken us to another level. So when we face something like that, I think the way that D.O. prepared us for it, uh, the pack of pencils being, uh, I mean, obviously, a pack of pencils being stronger than an individual one. So getting our minds ready to play together, um, I think that allowed me to go into it with a fearless mindset um, rather than being afraid of the extra um, weight that I would have to carry. Um, obviously, Kyle is 23 points a game, and so that's 23 points that game that we're missing out on, if not 40 or whatever, because um, at any given night, you know he can <laughs> give us that. Um, and so for me, being one of our other top scorers, I knew that the responsibility for me to pick up, pick up some of that was there. Um, but I just think, as you said, going into it with a one mentality um, and a togetherness uh, freed me up to give my very best. Instead of thinking, I have to come up and make up for another 20 points um, that we need, I was just saying, I'm just gonna go in and be free, and I'm gonna play, and I'm just gonna fill this role, and whatever needs to be given to the team tonight, I'm gonna give it, and it ended up resulting in me making up for the other 20 (laughs) points. But it it was not because I was thinking about it the whole time, you know, it's because We were together, and everybody was doing their role, and it just worked out that way. Like you said, you did find that
2: 20 points. You finished with 39 points and and 13 rebounds. But we came out just with this energy, starting with you and going down, and we jumped out to a 19-8 to lead early. We had a 14-point lead in the second half, and even a 9-point lead with 2 minutes and 30 seconds left. But then they hit a 3 at the buzzer to send it to overtime a collapse from us, some amazing plays by them. What was it like coming off, regulations over, we feel like we just choked away the lead, and then we had to regroup going into overtime? What do you remember about that
3: huddle? Um, I just think that that was a pivotal point for us because up until that point, it was like we didn't have the mentality in the huddle like we're going to win the game. And I feel like that was probably one of the first moments where yeah, we had a, a lapse or whatever, and they made some plays and sent it to overtime. But I don't think there was a point where we ever thought that it was their game. I think we still had the mentality that we're together. It happened. We're just going to keep doing what we do, and we're going to pull it out. Um, so I just think that edge was just still there, and that that carried us through. The togetherness and the one mentality carried us through um, to be fearless in that overtime. There's always specific plays you remember at the end of the season, and for me one is
2: not knowing how you guys would respond coming out of that timeout. Because as a coach, you can tell what mentality you should have, but the team has to have the mentality. And we got the tip, and Kanan hit a three, 12 seconds into the half. Then we got a stop, and, and you hit a three, or Trevor hit a three, 30 seconds in the half. We're up six already. And there was just this fearlessness that we went out of the the, uh, the huddle with. And like we said, you finished with 39 points and 13 rebounds in that game, a game we ended up having to have to win the league on the road It ended up being one of the biggest wins of the season. But that leads us to you, Mike, because um, you obviously were redshirt this year. You've been listening. You've been watching this. And want to talk about your role in Evan's growth this season. But before we get there, maybe start at the beginning and, and just some of the challenges of, of adjusting to the redshirt
4: role and just kind of how that shifted as the year went along. Right. So coming in uh, – knowing that I was redshirting, it was tough at first because you, you got to feel feel for your role and understand like what the coaches want from you, what the team is asking from you. And there was a switch that flipped recently with me that completely transformed my outlook. And it was, um, realizing that playing for God and fearless and praying for, um, yourself is better for your teammates, yourself, and also, just allowing you and the team to elevate its chances
2: and I want to drill in on this a little bit because there was never a point in the season where your effort was questioned mm-hmm. but there was a point in the season where maybe your buy-in to your teammate was questioned and as a credit to you you humbly received pretty direct feedback and all of a sudden said rather than just play hard to prove myself mm-hmm. I'm gonna play hard to make my teammate better right and there was an immediate shift in your countenance. There was immediate shift in the value added to your team. Just talk us through what that was like. What was the difference in terms of how you were feeling when you were maybe playing hard but for your own selfish purposes until you started playing hard with really an I am third mentality?
4: Right, so if you if you seek those purposes and playing for yourself, it can become stressful. It can play a toll on you if you don't reach the expectations that you set for yourself. And in the end, that can lead for you being selfish, not playing for your teammates, and also just doing things for the wrong reason. And so when you make that switch to become I am third for a teammate, for the team, and um, it not just shows growth in that teammate, but it also shows growth in yourself. And it's humbling as, as you kind of get that experience of seeing your teammate do well as if you, that was you on the court. And um, that's just an incredible feeling to know that, The work that you put into a player after busting your butt and um, seeing them just excel and the joy that they get in the games is almost equivalent to how you feel yourself.
2: There is this part of being a coach where you just learn to celebrate the success of other people and you have as much joy in seeing Evan go to new heights as you do as if you did yourself. And that's a little bit of what, what I hear you saying is, you started to have as much joy in Evan having success on the court because you pushed him at such a level every single day. What was it like to sit there and watch him go off and score 39? How did you feel as that was happening?
4: It felt pretty good because the, there was times where you would push him in practice and see greatness just come out of him and that anger and motivation come out of him. And to see that play out on the court, it was it was incredible to see him go and Perform at a high level, shoot from anywhere on the court, and just finish with a fearless mentality. Just because you know that that what you put into him is paying off in the end. Evan, what's it like to be in an environment where that happens, where
2: maybe a guy who's not able to score 39 because he's redshirting is just as happy for
3: you scoring 39 as if he had for himself? Uh, I I'll say like it's just extremely special because Mike had every reason. I mean, anyone who's been through a red, a red shirt situation, which I have before, so I, I can relate, he had every reason to, you know, go through the motions or um, turn inward and think, well, this season's a wrap for me. Um, but to see him flip that switch, like, just motivated me even more. And looking back to the game, um, that's something that I specifically remember looking over at the bench and Mike's energy was feeding me and seeing that. And that's what allows you to have um, a fearless mentality and play freely because you know that your teammates have your back. And specifically someone like Mike who at that time had started to be like the like getting on my last nerve in practice. It's <laughs> like he's going at me and turning games or turning practices into games. And so like that's just special because in practice it's like we were arch enemies. And then once practice was over, we were best friends and our biggest supporters because – like he is saying how it was amazing to see me succeed because he's pushed me. I think this season just as much. It was amazing for me to see Mike embrace that role because that's not easy to do. And that's a testament to what like he did on this team and humbling himself and accepting a role. And that's everything that this, this program embodies. And I think um, I can relate the way that I feel about Mike to how he's saying, seeing me reach my full potential and seeing greatness or whatever, I saw that in Mike because it got to a point where when when you're, when you're the coaches say, hey, you're in a red shirt, you don't get to play, so many things are going through your mind. And I mean, he could justify, like I said, he has every, every reason to go through the motions or whatever. You could justify it from whatever worldly perspective. But his perspective was something much greater than his own agenda. So... Go inside the locker room after a game like that.
2: We talked about the emotions heading in. We have this massive success. And one of the great things about the environment Coach Donald's created here and his leadership is everybody can thrive in their gifts based on who they are and the role they play. So then when you have a win like that, you just celebrate as a team. So what's it like in that moment you go in the locker room and there's been all this hard work, there's been all this
3: pressure, there's this emotion, and then you just get to celebrate. Um, I mean, it definitely feels good. Anything you put a lot of work into – and Especially a situation where there's high pressure and there's that edge. Um, It's extremely freeing when it's over. And it's like, man, we did what we needed to do. Um, But then it's kind of also the mentality like, well, we got to keep going. Kyle's still hurt. And um, that was a a different. So, I mean, just the way that the next game's played out is the same thing. Like, you just have to keep grinding. And um, ultimately that wasn't what the season was all about. It was a great win and all that stuff. Um, But, yeah, like the mentality, like, it's it's freeing man, we, we got this done, but then obviously the season continues and you, you continue to grow every day. So, Last question then for you guys. We've been talking a lot throughout
2: the season about just identity and how we continue to pursue an identity in Christ through a season. What's the challenge of keeping that perspective after a big win like this?
3: Um, I would say, yeah, that idea of just to keep moving forward and keep working. Because um, at the end of the day, I think our celebration, obviously it's a success, but We're not playing for that reason. We're playing for the glory of God. And, I mean, with that, life has a bunch of ups and downs and there's challenges. And so glorifying God in a win like that, you can also glorify God in your failures. And God uses failures um, to continue to push you to grow, as I'm sure the story of this season will continue to to talk about. Um, But, yeah, that mentality to keep moving forward and playing for the right reasons um, just keeps you pursuing um, whatever it is that God has out there because we can't see it. It's unseen, but he has it out there. And so even in the midst of a success or a failure, it's like you wake up the next day and say, all right, what, what does God have for me? I don't know, but you keep moving forward and giving your absolute best.
2: When we come back, Coach Channel is going to come on and talk about the Mount Vernon game, identity, and celebrating the success of others. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of IM Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the IM Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Greg Tonegal. In the first half, we heard from Evan Maxwell and Michael Zitney about the game at Mount Vernon. But before we get there, Coach, I want to talk about our schedule because this year we played 17 ranked opponents. Why was it so important to to put such a challenge in front of our guys?
0: Well, I think we're at that place as a program where we need to be challenged. And I think it's just kind of how you look at challenges and adversity. I mean – I think sometimes failure is a good thing, and uh, we're, we're not told that at a young age. I think our parents, unfortunately, do everything they can to keep us from failing, but what they're actually keeping us from is growing. So if we want our teams to grow, I think we got to put ourselves in position to sometimes fail, and uh, that's a hard lesson to learn, but if you want to peak late in the year, then I think challenging your team early on, it could be the, the greatest thing that they need.
2: And this game at Mount Vernon was really one of those big challenges. We're going on the road. At the time, they're ranked number six, and we are ranked number one in the country. So to go on the road is a big deal in general, but then we lose Kyle. What do you remember about where the team was at going into that game, particularly without having our leading score?
0: Well, sometimes I think the players are in a better position than the coaching staff. You know, coaches tend to worry about all the details and the little things. And you think, well, if Kyle's our leading score 25 points a game is not going to be there where's that going to come from and, and you don't realize how when one person goes down it's generally made up in a variety of ways other areas right step up i mean we see this you see this in the human body it's i was just reading the other day a fascinating study on how uh, deaf people actually have a heightened sense of touch and, and and vision because the area in their brain that was responsible for hearing has just redirected or shifted its attention in other areas. Well, if that's how the human body works, well, why can't a team work that way? So uh, we lose Kyle Mangus. We think, well, we're not going to score. We're not going to be able to create. And so many other guys, and I think we'll talk about one of them here soon, uh, Evan Maxwell, just stepped up in some huge ways. But as a
2: coach, how do you prepare our team for that? Because they're thinking about it. And I I think you're right. We saw this heightened focus going into the game from some other players. But what's the message you're trying to send to the team going on the road without a player like that?
0: Well, I think it's less about strategy and more about uh, just the fearless mentality that your coaching staff has because those guys are looking at us and they're taking cues. Are we worried? Are we all of a sudden practicing for an extra hour? Are, Are we overemphasizing the scattering report just because one player went down, but rather even though maybe on the inside we weren't as cool, as calm as we had hoped to be, are we projecting that to our guys that, look, we still believe in you guys, and and we do believe in the next guy who's going to step up. It's his opportunity. Let's go as a team and do this. It's not going to be one guy, but but can we stay together?
2: So before we get to this specific game – Let's just talk about road games in general because the Crossroads League is so challenging. It's always the top league in the country. It prepares you so well for the national tournament. But when you go on the road, it takes a certain mentality to win. What does it take to consistently win on the road against high-level teams?
0: Well, I think it takes a, a certain togetherness because it's you versus everybody else. And you're either going to allow the crowd to get in your head and frustrate you or you're going to allow maybe some tough calls that, that normally happen on the road to, to, to keep you from doing your job. Um, and within that togetherness is, is, I think, a fearlessness. You can't go in fearing the outcome or worrying about things. You've, you've truly got to be able to let go. So we talk a lot about mentality on here, and I really believe road victories come down to uh, mentality.
2: And we faced that that day. You know, Coach Ronay's built a phenomenal program, and we showed up, it was probably the most number of students we'd ever seen at Mount Vernon. And from the tip, they were loud. What did you see unfold with our team without Kyle that day?
0: Well, I saw a bunch of guys step up in new ways, um, and obviously Evan Maxwell did. He had 39 points and just exploded, and really having Kyle out was a blessing because I think Evan, the first game against Grace, I'm not sure he had his best game, and we were waiting for him to get going. Well, he had no choice but to really step up. I remember Kane and Coffee? I just remember a couple daggers that he hit, I think, to start the – either first or second overtime. But once again, it was it was an opportunity for Kanan. We're, we're maybe not looking to go to him in that moment because Kyle would have been the go-to. I mean, Kyle can become – he's such an elite scorer. He can become such a safety blanket for us sometimes. Other guys maybe don't step up when they need to. So we just saw other guys get opportunities that hadn't existed prior.
2: We talked about in the first half with with Evan and Michael how we lost the big lead, and then Mount Vernon hits a three to send it to <laughs> overtime. And they have every piece of momentum going in their direction. Then we came out and hit two threes right away to start the overtime. What do you remember about that huddle, huddle? And what's the message you're trying to send the team when we come in limping a little bit but have to prepare them to go out and play five more minutes?
0: Those huddles are the hardest because you're basically lying out of your teeth. I remember <laughs> telling the guys, we got this. Hey, no big deal. you know," And just trying to pump them full of confidence when everything inside of me wanted to just go crazy because we lost a double-digit lead. I believe we were supposed to foul when we were up three. We didn't. They get an offensive rebound, kick it out. I mean, everything from a coach's perspective went wrong, but now's not the time. I mean, you can worry about that uh, during the film session the next day. So you've got to really redirect every single emotion inside of you and, and basically lie during that moment. But once again, I think it goes back to senior leadership. I mean, I looked over at Evan, Trevor, Joel, and they were like, look, we got this. We're going to do this. And, and that gave me a sense of confidence, too. So we win the
2: game and you go in the locker room and there's a celebration that's unique. When you're on the road and you have a tough win, that, that when you're together as a team, what's that moment like for you as a coach to team, see a team celebrate?
0: Nothing beats celebrating with your team in the locker room, and coaches who get this opportunity can attest to this. Uh, I don't think we ever grow out of the, the boyishness of jumping around sometimes, taking your shirt off, your tie, your coat, throwing it, water flying everywhere. Because you're not celebrating yourself. You're celebrating each other. And there, there's something that's, uh, that's so satisfying when you're celebrating the success of other people.
2: But let's go back to the, the box versus line mentality that we've been talking about. Because there is this part where we need to celebrate that moment. and We need to build momentum. But we can't live in that moment. We have to continue to grow because we're still in November. There's still such a long way to go. How do you celebrate a moment like that without making it only about the outcome of a game?
0: Well, I think for me personally, I've learned to uh, to stay in that moment longer than I, than I typically want. Typically, I, th- I think I'm wired to say, great job, but tomorrow we better come in and be- better be ready to practice. So I think just letting our guys uh, stay in that moment, enjoying it, and then figuring out when is the right time where we do talk to our guys about, hey, we can get better. Here's some things we need to work on. There's that balance of, yes, we want a big game, but we also have some things we need to work on and then keep moving our guys forward. And I think it's, it, it's tricky to – there's no formula for that. Uh, it's really done through relationship, and it's done through seeing the big picture, as we talk about often. We're constantly saying, who are we becoming as a team? Well, that night we showed that we were becoming a team that can overcome adversity. But the next game was going to call for something new.
2: And we've been talking a lot about identity, and identity is tricky because it's different when you're winning and you're losing. And next episode we're going to be talking about a losing streak we went on. But let's finish with this, Coach. What's the difficulty in finding the proper identity when you're in the midst of a winning streak or when you're having a lot of success?
0: That's probably more difficult uh, to be honest with you because you I, for me, the tendency is to become complacent. It's to overlook the minor details. it's it's to accept maybe uh, less than our best effort on a possession of transition defense or you know a turnover because, the outcome all of a sudden validated who we are. But if it's box first line, what we're saying is the end doesn't necessarily justify the means. Let's look at the means. How did we do what we were supposed to do during this game? And then balancing that out with celebrating the victories, not overreacting to the losses, and continuing to shape ultimately who we think we're gonna become in March.
2: In our next episode, we will explore the other side about leading people toward an identity of three in the midst of a losing streak. In the first half, seniors Trevor Waite, Joel Okafer, and Evan Maxwell will go inside the mind of a group of leaders as the team loses two conference games in a row. In the second half, Coach Tonegal will talk about the struggle as a coach to stay focused on the process while losing, the opportunity failure presents, and why it is so important to have a trusting relationship with those you lead while in the midst of that failure.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag ask or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWU Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.